Welcome to the Beautiful Step Podcast, where we run, stomp, tiptoe, and tango into the confusing, but beautiful world of togetherness. We are your hosts, Chris and Charity. Now, let's go make our together even, even better. I have been discovering something about myself oh, and okay. my relationships. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like... Yeah, have you ever had one of those things where you're like, why are things this way? And you never really know why. And then all of a sudden you have an aha moment where you're like, oh my God, that's why it's that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, over and over and over. Sure. Well, so I realized something by reading Dan Ariely's, I've been reading a bunch of his books and Mm -hmm. he's a behavioral economist, fantastic, super famous. Which means like relationships related to money or whatever, economy. Basically why you make the money decisions you make. Okay. Kind of, and why people do, like what's the behavior behind the economics. So um, I was reading this book called Predictably Irrational, which is one of his great books, but it's all about kind of why you make money decisions the way you do and all the ways that you're kind of like tricked into doing things or you yourself are tricking yourself about money. Okay. Okay, this... This thing I was realizing about relationships has a little bit to do with money, but it's it's more broad than that. Okay. Give it to us. He talks about this idea that you can have either relationships that have a market contract, mm. like they're a market type relationship, or you can have social contract relationships where it's truly a social. So I want to differentiate. Okay. We're friends. Okay. Like, let's say you and I are friends, which we are, right? Yeah, of course we're friends. But we have a social contract we do things for each other that's neither of us are hiring each other for anything you're not paying me to open all your amazon packages yeah yeah there's just it's like this like you help me i help you that's just the way friendship is but if you add an element of money or market or one person owes somebody else it shifts the dynamic of the relationship to to move out of a social contract. Aha. Let me give you an example. Okay. You go to a friend's house for dinner. Mm-hmm. You bring over a bottle of wine for dinner. Okay. They're like, oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. Well, they're feeding you. You're bringing over a bottle of wine. You bring over flowers. You bring over wine. This is a little relationship pack. If someone invites you over for dinner, always bring a small gift. Yes, a small gift. Yeah, and flowers or wine. Right. That's the differentiation because that's a normal expected behavior in a social relationship. But what happens when a friend brings over a $500 bottle of wine or a really big gift? And all of a sudden the person hosting the dinner is like, wait, this is awkward. uh, Yeah. Like, wait, I now, are we not friends? Were you buying the dinner? Well, I can imagine it would be even uh, more awkward if, at the end of dinner, you whip out a checkbook and be like, hey, how much do we owe you for dinner? They'd be like, wait, what? It'd be offensive. Yes. Yes. And what it does is it changes the relationship. As soon as you add mm. the market component outside of a social norm, the relationship shifts and it's almost impossible to get it back. Because what happens is now, if you brought over a $500 bottle of wine or you decided to pay me for the dinner I just cooked you, Now, all of a sudden, I don't really view us as friends, peers. I view us as something you're buying something. There's a market thing in there. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, you're kind of like, now I've become a little bit subservient or I owe you something now. And now we're owing each other. Oh, this is that thing where 
you kind of get bummed out when someone gets you something for Christmas. Because you're like, oh, well, now I guess I have to get them something for exactly. Christmas. Exactly. Like, what? Like, exactly. Aha. And especially if it was a really large gift or right. something that you're like, wait a second. Now, like, why did they do this? And now do I owe them? And it's the same thing as uh, the Office episode where Michael Scott, like, there's the, um, what is it? The white elephant or whatever. Or oh. Like, and he brings the iPod. Exactly. And it's like, he's so butthurt that he didn't get something with the equivalent of being you know, an iPod. Right. But it changes the dynamic of the whole thing. That's the white so elephant funny. exchange is no longer a fun thing. Now everybody's like, wait a second. People feel bad. There's a bunch of competition. That's the perfect example, yeah. right? Wow. So it's the same thing actually, like when you are volunteering, let's say I'm really passionate about a cause and I go to volunteer and I'm super excited about it. Well, as soon as that organization says to me, we, we really don't want you to volunteer. We're going to pay you $2 an hour. You'll never volunteer again. If they, oh, let's just say, let's just say they go, we don't want you to volunteer anymore. We're going to start putting you on salary. We're going to pay you this wage. You would never really volunteer again, right? Because if you did to go volunteer, you'd be like, wait, I was getting paid for this at this point. Exactly. It wow. changed the relationship. But if they underpaid you. Yeah. Like two bucks an hour. You, it just, it's the offensive. whole thing becomes, you just took away the reason why I wanted to volunteer, which was to give of my time. It was a social contract. It was, yeah. I believed in something and therefore I was giving. This was a big, big idea with like Locke and Hobbes and Rousseau, you know, the social contract. It's the idea that there's an implicit agreement among people for a societal benefit. Yes. Right. And sometimes you, you know, you, for instance, like the establishment of government, that's kind of where they went with the social contract. The idea of like, you're going to give up your freedom for protection or something like this. Like it's, we know that, you know, like I'm going to cook this person dinner because we're friends. It's going to sort of cost me something. I'm not getting paid for this. There's a social benefit. Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. Like yep. you could ask friends to help you move and be like, oh, I'll buy you pizza and that's fine. But if you ask those same friends to move and hand them each 200 bucks at the end of the time and you ask them again another time to help you move, they're not going to come there thinking that you're wow. not going to pay them. They're wow. going to think that you're wow. going to pay them. Oh, man. Because you really can't go back once you've done that. Which I think is so. OK, so here's my default. This is I'm learning as you're saying this, because my default is always I want to pay. If someone's working, I guess, for me or I'm getting a huge benefit from it. I want to pay. It doesn't feel to me like I'm just like valuable enough in their eyes as their friend for them to really love me enough to come and help me, which is right. I have a hard time just asking for help. I'm like, I don't want to ask for help. I want to be like, okay, here's the benefit. I'm going to give you this, this money or whatever. And I remember when we were young and this is all coming really clear as you're talking about this. When we were young, we were doing, you know, all this social religious work in the worst possible neighborhood. We didn't have any money. It was in the middle we were of the so hood. Poor. Mm -hmm. I had this, um, somehow I had the greatest car that we ever owned. It was the 70 Chevy lowered with the flame job and all that. Because we bought it from a coworker of mine for $3,000. It was amazing. Beautiful classic yep. Suburban. 1972 yeah. Chevy Suburban. It was yep. just the the best anyway. And there was a mechanic, Charlie, who, uh, I really love this guy. And he was one of the best mechanics, like 
in really in town. Very good. Yeah, he was really really good. And I didn't have any money, but the exhaust was falling off this thing, and and it was like, and I got to talking to him about it. I said, like, oh, I'll come over and help you, you know, do your exhaust. And I was like, okay, well, and then immediately I was like, okay, he wants to help me. He comes over and he starts to work on the the vehicle, and I'm thinking, you know, it should only take an hour. He's thinking it should only take an hour, you know, to kind of hook stuff up, and it went. A lot longer and i thought man oh, and, and i told him i said listen i'm gonna you know I'll, I'll pay you to do this this is just way way more work than we thought and he's like no don't worry about it and then as it went on it the job got worse you know and <laughs> of course it did two hours later you know we're like i'm like dude i'm i'm gonna put some money together and I'll, I'll i'll make sure that i take care of you you know and he was like nah dude don't stop don't worry about it and, and I had about three different, maybe four different iterations of that. Like, dude, I'm definitely going to make this work. As the job went longer As the longer, job went yeah. longer and longer, got worse and worse. And I was like, definitely, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this worth your while, man. Like, it, it, it's going to, it'll be fine, whatever. And I remember him pushing himself out from underneath that truck. And he was mad at me. He looked over at me and he was like, would you just let me give you something? Yeah. He was offended. He was offended. He was like, because there was this thing where he was doing it for the social benefit. And he's trying to show me that, look, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a good friend to you. Right. I, I would do this because I love you or because, you know, this matters to me. And I've been in this position before. And the whole time I'm thinking like the only incentive this guy has right now is money. He's like, no, there's a huge social benefit. Like we're homies. Right. Yes. And I thought, oh, and I, well, I mean, that's all coming online right now. But I remember being confused. Because in your heart, you had a good motivation. Like you want to help your friend out. But what it communicates to the friend is this isn't a friendly gesture. This is now something where like I'm being valued. And yeah. as soon as you add that component in it changes. It shifts the dynamic. It feels like it sort of devalues the friendship, which it was does. the most important thing. And it sort of puts an emphasis on like, you know, we're really all in this life just to sort of, you know, take care of number one. Yes. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. It's almost an accusation on like, hey, where are you operating from here? Yeah. And are we really friends? Like, why do you feel like you need to, like, that's the offensive part of it. They did a study, which I found so interesting um, in this book. He cites it about a bunch of attorneys. And they went and asked all these attorneys if they'd be willing to offer a discounted rate for all these people that needed these services, these right. legal services that were low income uh, individuals. And the attorneys were like, no, we can't afford to be doing that at a discounted rate. Well, then they went back later and asked the same group of attorneys, would you be willing to work pro bono, like completely free for this group of individuals? And they all said, yeah, we're willing to work pro bono for that. Now, you look blown. at that and you're like, what? wait a second, they were willing to work free, but they weren't willing to work at a discount because of that exact social construct. You look at it and you're like, oh, well, if, if you let me do it free, it gives me the rush of feeling wow. like I want to do something, of really giving it, there's a there's another benefit here at play. Think about this about, okay, this just occurred to me as you were saying that. It's like, would I want to be known as an attorney who works for $2 an hour? Or would I want to be known as an attorney who has so much you know money or life and all this to oh give God, that yeah. I can do it pro bono? Yeah. yeah. Am, a, am I a discount wow. attorney? 
or I'm an attorney who has enough resources to do pro bono work. That like, is a social benefit to the attorney. Yes. Wow. And it goes the same way in all of our relationships. I mean, this is the this is the thing. Is it's like we all want to be the overly giving person. Sure. We all want to be the person that like blesses everybody around us. And this is the part I was talking about when I started with. I'm discovering something about myself. Mm. What I discovered was here I am. You know, now in my midlife. And we have surrounded ourselves a lot in our life with people that we were mentoring or because we were pastoring and we, you know, I teach and like all these things, you're kind of in this relationship where it's like, you're with a lot and we raised a lot of kids and foster kids. So we were always in like the more parental role in people's lives. Even in our social, we, we were a little bit more, we were kind of pushing the well, it was, we were, even if our friends, we were still like pastoring our friends or now, because of that, what ended up happening was I would kind of do this thing where it's like if we went, if we all went out to eat, I would get the check or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we would. And it was like what this ended up creating without me, I, you know, here I was thinking, oh, the best intentions, like love, this is my way of showing love. Yeah. But what it did was it made the people around me feel like. I was kind of inserting myself in a role and changing the dynamic to be kind of a market dynamic, like, or even a parental, it just changed, it shifted the roles and it made the friendship element less natural because all of a sudden they felt like they owed me. I felt like I was... I didn't ever maybe above them and they were under. I didn't, I don't think I consciously felt that, but there came a time where I remember thinking, why am I always paying? And then I'm like, that's not because they don't want to pay. It's because I have set myself up to be kind of known as that person within the group. And then I was like, wait a second, this is super messed up. Like, and it's not on anybody, but me, I changed the social dynamic of this. That's crazy because after dinners like that, people would be like, oh, you know, I can imagine like if we left a dinner like that, people would be like, oh, yeah, those guys are great. But man, they're all business, you know, exactly. Like, Whoa, wait. Or are they really trying to do something? And I it mm. hit me because recently we've been making friends, new friends right. in new areas. And um, we have been experiencing a little bit of this when you meet new friends right. and Sometimes they want, it feels like they want to show that they have money. And so they do this thing where they're overbuying. Well, like when you go out to eat, they're constantly requiring that they pay. Uh, the gifts are too lavish. It's right. like, and, and what it does, I, you know, I wouldn't have cued, cued into this until I would re- was writing this book because I realized why am I not wanting to pursue relationship as much as I might think? It's because I was going into a relationship that I was like, we're not peers. So for some reason they keep trying to like one up or, and it's making me feel kind of bad and it makes me feel like I owe them. And I don't like that feeling. Wow. I don't want to be really close with people that I feel like I owe. And it hit me like, Right in the face, like how many times, Charity, have you put people in that position where they felt like they owed and they didn't want to do that? And then you wonder. And for me, this was the like, aha, 
why do I have less really intimate peer relationships that I want in my life? Oh man. Well, it's because I approached some relationships where the dynamic, I shifted the dynamic. It's not even just about money. When you're the person, when you're the person that refuses to be vulnerable and express the same amount of frustration back as your friends are willing Mm -hmm. to do, when you're the person who's like, going to be the person who's got all their stuff together, but you're, but the friends aren't when you're going to be the person that always is only showing the best side when, when other people aren't all of those things shift the dynamic to be where the other person is like, it doesn't, what it does is it just shifts it to where they don't really want to be friends. They, they don't really feel like it's a, it's a peer. It's a level relationship. They don't really want to be intimate friends with you because are you a safe person to do that with? Or are you always going to be, you know, kind of one-upping or like... Or the, like, just like, just a little bit unavailable. Exactly. A little bit isolated. Exactly. Like, yeah, you're all business. Like, you really kind of are your own. And what I think is is just occurring to me, revelatory right now, is the idea of, I'm still not comfortable asking for help. Me neither. I, I was raised in a way, and it's not just my mom, but it's society. It's the way that I was, you know, the culture that I was in that you're weak if you need help. You're at, you're disadvantaged. You're headed for trouble if you need help. Except when people ask you for help, you don't view them as disadvantaged. Never. Right? So Which is just... the craziest part. And And so for me, I think that what's really hitting me, this is like the one line that's hitting me is you can build friendships by being needy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, let me just say this. That, that's Maybe that's too strong. You can, you need friends more than you need money. <laughs> right? Right. And the idea is it's intimate to ask for help. Yes, it is. It's very, not intimate it's to vulnerable. pay someone. Yep. And that's the thing where I'm like, okay, that's the currency we're talking about here. Yes. We're talking about this, the value of just human connection. And intimacy and vulnerability. And I am going to connect with you if I help you or if you help me. Right. And you remove the intimacy. You remove even the what, how intimate a relationship can become by yes. introducing currency right. of all sorts, the currency of too much together, the currency oh, of like Think about money, this. all that stuff changes the dynamic. Think about how hard it was for us because we, I don't know how many different businesses we've started that, you know, that we've had our friends help us with mm-hmm. and that dynamic it's really strange when you have your friend work for you or if you start a business and then you become friends yes with the staff exactly it's so convoluted oh it screws it all up it screws it all up and you know having been employers for 20 something years we have witnessed this and i witnessed now and actually in the book he he references so funny you know like i have a we own a state farm agency And the motto is like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Well, the interesting thing about it, right, is that like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It alludes to 
I'm going to be your friend. I'll show up. <laughs> I'm the one you can call on 24 hours a day. It's like, I'm, I'm a good neighbor to you as long as you're paying your premium. It, yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry. It, I had to say it alludes to friendship. It alludes to like yeah. connection. And it, it goes the same thing. Like when people say like, you know, helping hand or we're family, they, they use right. these terms in a business context. But what it does is it sets, it confuses people mm. because there's a market relationship occurring, but now you've just introduced we're family and we're, yeah. uh, you're my neighbor and we're friends and somehow, so that when the business side, something happens that they don't quite understand or that they don't agree with or whatever, all of a sudden it goes from, this is a business transaction and like that business is lame that they chose that to I've been betrayed. Whoa. Why weren't you watching out for me? You said you were going to be the good neighbor. You said you were going to be the good friend. Very different than, you know, going to get gas and you're not going to ask Arco if like, no, they didn't claim to be your friend. And so it's like, whatever. But these organizations that claim to be your friend or that are using these social things, you have to. And he he mentions this in this book, Predictably Rational. He's like, as soon as you introduce social norms into a business arrangement, it's mandatory that you keep all the social norms, which is almost impossible. Whoa. Because how do yeah, you go back more. from, how do you go back from, well, I, you know, psych, I, I'm not really your friend. That's a business deal. Like, come on. Of course, we're not going to do that because that was a, you know, you're not, you're misunderstanding what we were saying. And they're like, no, you were saying we're friends. It's the same thing right Man, now that's, that's cool. happening. And like you're re referencing with employers and employees. It's getting so convoluted. Your employer now needs to be the person that's watching out for your mental health and watching out for your family health and watching out for all these other things. And they're supposed to be the one holding you accountable for your job performance. It's getting real, real hard to be that because now it's like, well, wait, as if I'm an employee and you're my employer, I confess to you that my marriage is struggling and that I need more flexibility. I confess to you that I'm having a hard time with daycare and that, you know, like, or I've got these other oh, things I'm man. dealing with an addiction right now and all this. So then when you as an employer need to say to me, you're sucking at your job and I need you to you're do better. You're not holding up your end of this other bargain we have here. Right. Like I, I hired you to do a job all of a sudden as the employee, I'm like, but wait a second, we're friends. I mean, I thought you were watching out for my wow. well-being and my relationships. And now the employer can't actually, which you've taken a market relationship and you added social norms to it. And now all of a sudden it is nearly impossible to navigate. Man, that's so Speaking from personal experience. Oh man. Okay. So I have one other story that, um, so I have a friend who works at a material house um, and I've known him my whole life. And um, he, and I was in contracting and he would call me and he'd be like, Hey, you know, call Watterson. They need a bunch of, you know, kitchens out there on, on the base, you know? Mm -hmm. And he did that. He didn't even really know what he was doing, but I mean, I landed so many big contracts just from him being, you know, hey, you might want to give this guy a call. Hey, you might want to give this guy a call. You might want to give this guy a call. And I remember like searching myself how to say thank you like, years down the road. Yeah. And I ended up getting him like, I think it was a $500 gift certificate to REI or something because I knew he was going to go on something. So I think there's a way to say thank you. 
But I wonder if it would have been more meaningful, maybe, if I would have let him stay at our cabin, you know, right. or done something a little more socially. Now I'm aware of that. Yes. I'm, a, I'm so much more aware of like, oh, wait, why don't I take a step back from introducing a bunch of money into this to say thank you and maybe say, you know, what, what if it costs me in a different way? Yes. That's a really To keep it in the social. To keep that. Yeah. To keep the social contract and the social relationship happening. And for me. That's so helpful. It's so helpful. For me, I'm having that same awareness of like, hold up, Charity. Like by offering to pay, by offering to help in in the way that you do, are you actually, uh, are you devaluing? Yeah. Is the person that you're doing that for going to feel devalued and disempowered? Wow. Because are they going to feel like they are bringing the same thing to the table? Or are you actually inadvertently making them feel weak and like you're not their peer? That's they're, so they're not your peer. Like, I don't want to be that person. And so it's actually what's strange about it is this awareness is coming online for me where I'm like, what I really want in my life is I want peer friendships. I want friendships where we're on the same page. And I feel like it's this, like, we... You're my size. I'm your size. Yeah, like, you know, we, like, we yeah. both are getting something from this. Yes. We're both giving something to this. Those are the kind of friendships I want in my life. And, like, true friendships. I'm not talking about mentorship or anything, but I'm looking in my life at this stage for true friendships. That's beautiful. And when you're looking for friendships like that right now, I'm like, oh, awareness, awareness. Be very careful how you approach mm paying for things or what you offer right. or how you put yourself out there because you'll get a re- you'll get back what you're putting out there the wow. reflection of how you want to be seen and for the longest time I was asking myself like why am I seen as the person who is like this all business and now I'm realizing oh my god that I was seen that way because that's how I was acting that's so crazy i think there's this fear in me to um that drives me to produce that I, I don't want to be a mooch. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a, you know, a person who's a leech. I don't want to drag. I don't want when I call someone for them to be like, he only calls me when he needs something. Right. You know? And so there is, there's this, I think there's this trick in, in what you're saying that I have to think to myself, I have to change my mindset. I have to change some really deep inner vows and some real, maybe some things about myself that I believe about myself and say, wait, you know, what does a thank you look like? Mm-hmm. You know, what does a thank you to a person who's done something really meaningful for me? Right. What is that? What is, how do I best say that? How do I best show that? Cause that's really, really valuable. There's, I mean, there's nothing worse than, a person who keeps receiving and receiving and they never say thank you. They never pay for it. I mean, come on. We're not talking about that. We're talking about people like us who have a genuine, like, we want to reciprocate. Yeah. We want to be productive. We want to be friends. But what is the craziest part is that, is that you're, you're saying there's a way to ruin that. <laughs> there's a way to ruin it with the best intentions. That's so cool. Or just completely unaware. Just, I felt like, I felt like I was just so ignorant yeah. to that to those dynamics. And like you, I hate asking for help, but honestly, I want my friends to feel like they can ask me for help. And so then what does that say about me yeah. that I won't ask for help? Do I think I'm like 
I don't need help. Well, hell no. Do I? We think, need help right now. Right. Like establishing friendships. And exactly. Stuff. Yeah. So it's one of these things where I'm like, if you don't put yourself out there as the person who mm-hmm. needs help and is willing to ask for help, then you're never going to find friends who also would view you as the type of person to ask for help from. Like it, you're going to get what you're Wait, putting out there. And that. so this is good awareness and I'm seeing it all over in my life about how I have, you know, unintentionally shifted relationships. And I know now that it's going to be really hard to go back. Yeah. it's It takes a long, long time to come back from that. I think the big tool for me is I'm going to get more creative in the way that I say thank you. Love that. I think that's really good. And I'm not going to jump to a conclusion that this person is in it for money. Yeah. This person just wants, you know, a, no, a monetary fact, benefit. Maybe, maybe our relationship is, you know, profound enough and meaningful enough and, and matters enough to me and the other person to be able to help each other, give each other things. Right. And I think I want to take that to the, I, I am going to, I have been trying to get myself to go into the relationships thinking I am actually assuming that they want to be contributing and that that they desire to do that, that like that's their intention. They don't want anything. They want to give, they want to have a relationship like that. And so that changes things that, that makes me like, Hey, let's split the bill. Mm -hmm. Hey, let's, instead of like doing this kind of tit for tat relationship where you owe each other, Doing this thing where you assume everybody is showing up to the table and a proverbial table, whatever. Yeah. Everyone is showing up to life with tons of things to give. They have all these strengths in them to give. They're not showing up at a deficit. They're showing up at a strength. And if you can empower that strength and believe that they're showing up with all these strengths that, that you could benefit from, it changes the way we approach people. I love that. Instead of, because I think that, you know, especially being in the nonprofit world. We have a tendency, I have a tendency to generally think of people as if they need something from me. And I don't lead out with, man, this person's got a lot to give, a yes. lot to offer this world. Man, I, you know, what can I do to sort of just say the words or whatever it is to empower people, right? That already, you know, all I want to do is just unlock the genius and the power that you have, you know, what a different vantage point. Yes. What a beautiful vantage point. It is a beautiful vantage point. And it it is the thing that empowers people instead of, um, you know, deflates them and so, or or disempowers them. So if you want to be the type of person, and I do, I want to be the type of person that everybody around me feels really strong. Yeah. They don't feel weak. Yes. And how do I make them feel strong? By believing that they're strong. And let them give and let them help and let them do. Exactly. 100%. Man, what a cool concept. This is really helpful. It's really helpful. I love it. Thank you. Wait, babe, (laughs) babe, wait. (laughs) How do we end this? By saying thank you. Okay. You guys are awesome. Thank you. There's nothing more encouraging than you hitting that like button and commenting. And don't forget to subscribe. And I know there's more. You have a list. Might as well go down the list. Right. Okay. Watch the video of this podcast on our Beautiful Step YouTube channel or on our website where you can actually download transcripts and show notes of the episode. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If today's episode made your together even better, tell someone. Okay. Now. Right now. Today. Okay. 
you can take one step. It's just one step. Toward the beautiful relationship you want in your life. You got this. 